Welcome to Legal Management Talk, the official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. I'm your host, Kate Raftery. We're talking with Cynthia Thomas, the Interim Operations Manager at HZ Law and the owner of PLMC and Associates, a law firm management consulting company. Cynthia is lending that expertise to the 2020 Annual Conference and Expo happening May 3rd through 6th in Salt Lake City, Utah. Her session is called Don't Let Institutional Knowledge Walk Out the Door, Succession Planning for Administrative Managers. Welcome, Cynthia. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Sure. Well, let me start by saying that I started my legal career over 30 years ago as a legal secretary. And over that course of time and education, I parlayed myself into the role of law firm management, having worked in positions such as firm administrator, CFO, operations manager, all the like. And and additionally, on that course of my journey, I created my company, PLMC and Associates, a law firm management company that specializes in helping law firms create best practices for running their firm in the most cost-efficient way that yields high productivity. So uh, let's get right into the topic of your session, which is succession planning, um, which is always being talked about in the legal industry, but it's usually in reference to firm partners. Why should our members also be concerned about administrative succession? Well, that's a great question. And I know that oftentimes, especially now, it's a hot topic with law firm managing partners, but you have to realize law firm administrators are often the glue that holds the firm together operationally. And at some point, they will want to retire. And with that being said, the firm probably, I would assume, will still exist without them. So in order to do so, they need to make sure that they have a successor in place. We talk often about how hard it is to get lawyers to share business and pave the way for younger attorneys. Now, management professionals don't have that book of business, but is the same true for them? Or is it easier for them to warm up to the idea of succession? Um, I thought long and hard about that. And Having just recently stepped in this role as the interim manager at A to Z Law, I find that it's really pretty much one and the same. They have that same um, reluctance to, you know, to opening up. They feel that they hold this knowledge. They're, you know, acquired it over the course of time. And transferring knowledge is not always something that people are willing to share because they like to keep their value and their worth, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so the um, hierarchy of administrators is is pretty extensive, especially depending on the size of your firm. So um, what roles should uh, we be targeting for administrative succession planning? Like you said, Kate, depending on the size of the firm, it depends. However, any person that's in a position of management, whether it is IT, human resources, your accounting manager, anyone that is in a position of managing or operating the firm should definitely be part of having a succession plan in place for that position. And could you like pick one or two of those roles and explain how if you don't have someone in line or if you don't have a plan in place, how would that affect the firm? How would that disrupt, you know, regular business operations? Sure, not a problem. For example, if you have someone in the position that handles your finances, whether it's a you know accounting manager or bookkeeper or be it a office manager, and that person decides willingly or not to leave the firm, well, you know, so that person will have access to the bank login credentials, and 
once that person leaves, the task of resetting passwords is often daunting and challenging and not as easy, especially if you're trying to accept a credit card from a new client that's just walked into the door. Mm-hmm. So th- there are many reasons why that you need to have these policies and procedures in place when it comes to succession planning because we don't think about the little daily nuances of operating the firm that become so generic and mundane, like whether it's just a list of passwords, who to contact when there's a when the copier goes awry. Mm-hmm. Little things like that can be um, disruptive to the business, and any disruption in the business will cause loss of productivity. It can cause a loss of a client, and it definitely causes a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our uh, actually our copier broke down the other day. And it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank God there's a person that knows knows who to call to fix it. <laughs> exactly, because the first thing is the managing partner or any attorney is like, well, I don't know, but they want a photocopier. They want yeah. it to work. They need to print something. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so could you also describe some of the succession planning steps our members should take? Sure. I like to define it as when it comes to succession planning, It's not necessarily a single occurrence event. It requires an ongoing commitment. So there are a couple of steps. Um, The first one is to identify and clarify the roles of these managers to make sure that they are current for the role that they're in. If they're, for example, if you had a job and duties um, description for that position, that position or duties may not be relevant today, and they know what they're doing, so there was no need to update it. So you need to, you know, redefine the position and the requirements over the course of time. You know, back in the day, you know, you wanted someone that who was proficient in, I don't know, let's see, a long-ago technology that's no longer, uh, there's so many that goes by the wayside. Uh, let's say word perfect. <laughs> Yeah, word perfect. Yes, you, you you definitely had to know word perfect. Now you ask them what about one about word perfect, and they're looking at you like deer in the headlights. So um, that's what I mean by you know often redefining the position. And then, for example, you want to make sure that the new person coming in is proficient with Skype, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so technology changes, and so does the role, and the person in that position needs to be on depending on the firm and its, you know, operations and the type of practice, they need to have those skill sets in place. Third, you would want to assess your leadership goals um, and define them. What type of person do you want this next person to be, the leadership trait? You know, do you need someone that's, depending on the nature of the practice or the size, do you need someone that can be, you know, hands-on, can get in there to be, you know, interdependent of themselves, a self-starter, you know, or do you need someone that, because of the, again, the nature of the firm, that is willing to, quote, be micromanaged? You know? So those are little things you need to definitely look at, especially when it gets down to, you know, the, the interviewing process and the hiring, because we all know that can be daunting in and of itself, and it can be challenging, mm-hmm. depending on your location and your marketplace within the U.S. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, the hiring and interviewing process, when you're tapping successors, is the talent going to be found within the firm or does management need to look outside of their office or even beyond the legal industry itself? It really depends on the size of the firm. If it's a small firm, say less than 
five or six attorneys and mm-hmm. perhaps equal amount of staff, you definitely would probably should look outside of the firm because there generally is the tendency for that manager to not share with the staffs her inner workings of her day-to-day process or his day-to-day process. So you might have to look outside of your um, law firm. And with that being said, depending on your region and your market area, this process can take some time. You know, in a large metropolitan, it's easy to find a suitable replacement. Mm -hmm. However, if you're operating in a smaller demographic area, such as Salt Lake City, I would imagine, you know, it's a lot smaller (laughs) Los Angeles or Chicago or, you know, Austin, you know, you really have to take the time to find that right person. And as far as going outside of the legal, I strongly suggest that you should go outside of the legal industry. However, I know that a lot of firms think that they're special and unique and what we do is different and we can't go outside of our little confine. But Mm -hmm. aside from trust funds and banking management, it's pretty much the same. And if you have the right policies and procedures in place, you can find a manager or whether it's a human resource manager, a CFO or an operations manager from any field or any area that could step in and do an incredible job in running your firm. But once again, it all depends on what policies and procedures are in place that has been left behind. Mm-hmm. and not walked out the door. <laughs> Just uh, to close it out, is there anything else you'd like to mention about your session uh, before we wrap up? Well, I think that the members, when if they attend this session, that they will walk away with information that is transferable, information that they can leave behind and create an easy succession plan for themselves and for their firm. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Cynthia. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, Remember, you can hear more from her annual conference in May, including even more concrete steps and info about risk management and data analytics. So register now if you haven't yet. We both hope to see you there. Thanks to our listeners and subscribers for tuning in. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us, which makes it easier for others to find the podcast. As always, you can learn more about ALA and our upcoming events at alanet.org. And until next time.